Dedication. Ugh. Dedication. Or no. single track mindedness. One or the other. I don't know. Something. Or a disorder. <laughs> or, or, <of> some <laughs> sort of, or some sort of Or a disorder. couple with a Possibly horrible a addiction. verifiable sex addiction. <laughs> uh, all right, so drop, not strange. Okay. Hey, everybody, welcome to End of the Critic Podcast. Each week we talk about movies, both new and on Netflix. My name is Chris Klump. With me, as always, Matt Schaefer, Slim Pickens. I knew Slim you. Oh, okay. <laughs> get it? Movie reference. I do. I do. Do you get it? I do. <laughs> and of course. Parker. Right. This Parker. this week's episode is this, this week <laughs> this week we are uh, uh, continuing our Netflix essentials. Essential. Essential. With Doctor Strangelove or now I learned to stop wearing love the bomb. Diggity. But before <laughs> No diggity. No diggity. No diggity. Uh, <laughs> before we get into that, let's get into some trailers. Trailer time. Trailers. I just saw a whole bunch of trailers. Our first trailer we saw this week, The Drop. Bob Saganowski, that's an interesting choice for a last name in a movie, uh, finds himself <laughs> at the center of a robbery gone awry and entwined in an investigation that digs deep into the neighborhood's past where friends families, and foes all work together to make a living, no matter the cost. This movie foes. stars This movie stars Tom Hardy, Na- uh, Naomi... Numi. Numi. Numi Rapace. Numi Rapace. Like Numa Numa, only E. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Numi, Numi Rapace. <laughs> I still can't say it. Sorry. <laughs> and uh, the late, great James Gandolfini. R.I.P. Uh, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, this, uh, according to IMDb, is the last yeah, I already thought his last thing came out. I, but, uh, maybe that was filmed later. Maybe Could that's be. what. Because I, I remember be. seeing that too, Parker, right. with the one, uh, what the one with Julia Louis Dreyfus. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, this uh, this trailer. At, at first, I thought when I saw James Gandolfino there, my first thought was playing the same character, as type of character he always does, sure. and then I thought, wait, I thought he's dead. So I had to go <laughs> <back> <laughs> look up a bunch of stuff. <laughs> So apparently this movie's been is stuck in post for a long time. Must be. Because um, it's only, it, it's scheduled to come out in September of this wow. year. So, Yeah. Um, that would be almost a year since yes. he's been dead. Yes. The, uh, the, the premise of this film really... I, I love these types of films. Even yeah, though they're almost sure. always cookie cutter. The whole mob... Um, you know, family caught in the right. middle yep. of, uh, as a money launderer. I I dig these kind of movies. Yeah. Um, like I said, even though they're all cookie cutter, and this looks like something that I will really get into. I mean, may- maybe that one of the reasons it took so long is like they had to just decide, like, like is this worth like releasing as a post, like film? You know, like as a like post-death film. Right, right. You know, like, that's a tough call to make always, you know, like... Especially because it looks like he has a very prominent starring role. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you one reason why it's worth it. Uh, Dennis Lehane, who wrote this, has done some great similar stuff. Uh, Mystic River. Uh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gone Baby Gone. Mm. Both excellent films. Shutter Island. Yeah. And he was a writer on The Wire. Oh, nice. okay. so I've not but, seen but those but first two films are, are great even yeah. by themselves. Mystic River is like one of my favorites, like from like the past like <laughs> I wanted to say ten years, but that might actually be older than that. So I don't want to be like <laughs> that well, old guy that always is like ah oh, ten years ago. That was I, okay. The last episode I, I said that the Ninja Turtles was only ten years old. So <laughs> I am prone to do stuff like that because I'm like yeah, 1990. That was ten years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I keep forgetting. Like I'm not a thousand years old. I promise. Even for me, it's crazy to think that like the 80s are now. Mr. Grove is 2003. So, like, okay. that's crazy to think about. Just, just missed the 10 year mark. Just missed it. <laughs> yeah. Just missed it. So, listen to this episode in the past. The, 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 the only thing that's a little shaky in this trailer is Tom Hardy's accent. <laughs> it's a little I like shaky. it. I like it. I think it it's does a, a little. Good. 
too it's Boston. A little, well, it's a little too thick, but it's right. not inaccurate. Okay, no, yeah, that's, true. Yeah, that's true. I mean, <laughs> it's like it's like you hear somebody doing a really thick Boston accent, and you're like, oh, my God, it's so ridiculous. And then you go to certain parts of Boston, and you're like, and okay. yeah, it's there. It's <laughs> yep, there. Yep. It exists. Not downtown Boston, but in the but yeah, outlying I, parts mm-hmm. of Boston. I, I'll agree that his accent, uh, from what we've seen in this trailer, his accent, uh, his Americanized, like, urban accent was better when he was playing, like, a Western Pennsylvanian in... Uh, the warrior. Yeah, yeah. His definitely. accent was really spot on. Spot on. That movie, on there, so, yeah. um, so now this this actually looks it looks really good. Looks really tense. Um, just kind of like a a like a like a, a group of guys who wanted to ride that fence and keep their hands clean, but, uh, you but know, they, just, they just they just can't. They don't. Um, yep. So it look it looks really good. Like I said, it comes out September. 19th of this year so speaking of Tom Hardy and his accents just to trail off onto his other upcoming big film I'm interested to see the first dialogue of him as Max in Mad Max because he is that the film actually takes place in Australia I was about to say it it so he is supposed to be Australian good and Australian's tough Yes, it is. Perhaps even more so for an English-accented person. Yeah, yeah I could imagine that would be because it's it's way little harder. subtle differences that really trip you up. So it'll be interesting to see if he can do a good job with that. I'm also interested to see if the Mad Max remake is going to actually be a Mad Max remake or a Road no, Warrior remake. It's 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 neither. It's it can it's further along in the storyline. Really, it's a, it takes place after Thunderdome. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, because Mel Gibson was originally cast, and they were gonna. Keep it they, going. Then they rightfully got rid of him. Well, <laughs> I think somebody. they still. I think they still wanted to use him. It was more him. He was like, "I'm too old." Oh, okay. And they were like, "Yeah, you're probably." I right. thought they were going to be like, "You're too hate filled." No, uh, nah, it never stops anyone. <laughs> good point. Good point. So, all right, our next uh, next trailer, Lucy, an involuntary drug mule with a surgically implanted cargo, is <clears throat> sorry is assaulted, causing the package to leak. This leads her to slowly ramping up the percentage of her brain she can use, resulting in abilities people dream about. This movie stars Scarlett Johansson and Morgan Freeman. That's it. Uh, pretty much that's <laughs> it, yeah. Um, this trailer... All right, first off, if, if you're near the internet, and you are, um, pa- pause this episode and just watch this trailer. Well, wait. That, that yeah. Okay, now that you're back, d- d- damn! <laughs> this trailer... That, I will say, yeah. that premise that Matt just read sounds very, very similar to a movie starring Bradley Cooper called mm-hmm. Limitless. Yep. Which, oh, it was uh, uh, Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro was, was his yeah. sensei anyway, or whatever. Uh, yeah, because I was thinking it was Morgan Freeman, but yeah. it was just another old guy that's right. in the film. But uh, very, very similar like concept, but... When you watch this trailer, you're like, "This movie is very, very." The different. first, the first half is very much like yes. that. The, yeah, the second first, half yeah, is the not. The first half of the trailer, at first, I'm like, "This is this is weird." It's like Johnny Mnemonic, but uh, drug related. That's kind of weird. And then all of a sudden, her powers take over, and she just becomes insane. She ba- it basically goes from Limitless to Akira. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. The easiest. It's, way it's to like put it. you guys said. This is what an Akira movie should look like. Absolutely. Um. Damn. <laughs> Some of the stuff that's going on in this trailer is off the rails. Yeah. And I'm super excited because at first, I, I like the trailer starts out, I thought it was completely going a completely different way. Yeah, agree. Um, I mean, it's it's Luke Besson, let's just say that up front. Right. So, you know, Leon the Professional, District right. 13. Right. Uh, I think he Taken. wrote Taken. He didn't direct that. Yeah. Or did he? Did he direct uh, that? Written by Written. written. Yeah. Okay. So, like, he's done all these films. He. He doesn't have the greatest track record. He's made Not, some flops. He's made some. But bad as far things. as high octane stuff, yeah, yeah. I was about to say when he's on point, good. he's on point. Oh yeah. I mean, like, Leon is an amazing. Oh, Leon's movie. amazing. Like, I love the Fifth Element. Mm-hmm, the Fifth, I fifth love, Element's I great. Love the fifth fifth element. Element's great. Um, what what uh the what's what the other one I said uh, oh District Thirteen. If you yeah. have not seen District Thirteen or the sequel, you should. I mean. Again, like by premise alone, it sounds terrible. Like when you read the premise for this movie, I'm like, 
okay, okay, I don't need to see this film. Like when Matt reads the premise. The premise for District 13, oh, an uh, action cop film uh, with centered around parkour. Get it out of my face. stupid. It sounds, sounds really like stupid. That sounds like the worst movie I've ever heard. And then you end up like loving it. It's <laughs> so good. It's almost like saying like, oh, it's, a pol- it's like a police action film, but like with skateboarding. <laughs> and then you're like, uh, you don't and yet need it's to awesome. combine those things. And yeah, yet he he's amazing. Very like well. he, when he's on, like I said, when he's on point, he's on point. So hopefully this is film like that because it looks that way. Yeah, also, it does look that way. Skojo, she's yes. I, she's an actress that I used to think got too much credit because yes. she was like you know always considered oh she's the most beautiful woman in the world. Right? right. Yeah, you thought she got work because she was just attractive. Interestingly enough, she's not as high on those lists anymore. And I think she's better off for it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because I think her acting gigs have gotten better. Mm-hmm. Uh, stuff like her. Yep. Obviously, I mean, you could make the case that she's kind of got this, uh, the Black Widow thing because of the uh, looks. But she does a really good job. Yeah. She's, she's, like, she's like, gotten better it, it, in that it, it, role. Yeah. She's, and Black <laughs> Widow is not like, like, again, like if you're doing it properly, which they are, Black Widow isn't necessarily just supposed to be beautiful right. eye candy right like she's, she's supposed, supposed to be, be deadly uh, yeah, and, uh, and scary smart. And, and, yeah, yeah. And, and, and a genius and blah 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 so like and that she does she pulls it off like she's she is attractive and but at the same time yeah and, and I think death. she's gotten yeah I think she's gotten <laughs> better with the character and in, in this movie I mean she st- st- at least at the beginning of the, the trailer l- does not look good looking like <laughs> no well, yeah they, they don't make it flattering well no compared beginning. to her right, right regularly again, yeah she'd still be she, if you saw her on the street she'd still be like <laughs> yeah, but oh she yeah has that, she has that she has that like 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 uh, uh i'm trying to think of a polite way to say it like she looks like a, a hooker <laughs> like yeah, she looks frumpier and well no not frumpier, no, no, like like the, just like that you would have strung, sex with her strung you, out model yeah yeah, 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 yeah you'd have sure, sex with her sure. and then you feel bad about it right. like, sure Sure. Like, like maybe she might slit her wrist after yeah, you're done. Yeah. Like, so, so yeah. <laughs> but this, but this if that's looks... normal for people that I sleep with. <laughs> <laughs> so glad your wife doesn't listen to this, uh. <laughs> unless she does. <laughs> I don't know. She's never mentioned it. <laughs> uh, so this movie comes. I've never out. slept with her. <laughs> Wow, Barker. that's, that's, that's how he keeps the marriage alive <laughs> and Pamela. No, but, no, Pamela said that you know when the moment's right, you know, like she's she's like she just wants to find the right time. You guys have been married so, for what's yeah, going I, on? Hey, you know, I, I'm, I'm well. Originally, they were saving each other for marriage, right? They were like, let's save each other for second yeah, marriage. Yeah, we. I mean, we didn't say it. She said it, but like, I agreed. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, like let's hey, let's wait until the moment's just right. So you know, we're waiting. I've chosen to wait. And, and given that all the other women he ever slept with killed themselves, maybe that's for the best. I really like Pamela. You, we should keep this going. This just keeps going downhill. Doesn't I think we hit rock bottom? We find a new layer. This is like a, a, a horrible inception. We've reached China. It's like Mortal Kombat where you're fighting and then you get fall down yeah, to fall the next down level. Into the pit. And then Except you fall down to another, another level. And then you decapitate the guy and freeze his head. And then shatter on the ground and blood goes everywhere. Very we've similar all, to that. We, we've that's, all played Mortal Again, Kombat. that's like my sex life. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually a direct description. Wow. Yeah, Mortal Kombat. That's what I call it. <laughs> so, Finish him. This, uh... <laughs> This movie. Ah! <laughs> normally they usually end with friendship. Anyway, sorry. This movie comes <laughs> out <laughs> August eighth. We just move on. Okay. <laughs> Another trailer ruined. <laughs> Uh, I love I love how people when they when they criticize the podcast they always say like, man, I mean Matt and Parker they really bring the funny they're really great at that I mean you know about movies and junk but they're really fun like I'm like God help me if you guys ever leave this podcast no one's gonna listen to me drudge on and on about film but I thought you were gonna say when people criticize the podcast they're like you need to get these people under control no right. God, like, but that's no. the thing that's the thing they'd be more happy if I need... left the podcast no I think they need, don't real like they hear the final product. They don't. That's true. Like Chris does uh, editing, and he makes us look great. Like because yeah. like we 
do a lot that's just like just too much Plus, for most people. For, like for everyone list. listening to the show, everyone <laughs> listening to the show is like, oh, that's cl- that's Chris. He's just playing the straight man. What's really happening is that there's like an extra twenty to thirty to forty minutes of shit going down. <laughs> That is abs- that's just awful. No. Even on a comedic level, yeah. it's just not that good. No. It's but it, me and Parker love it, which Especially makes Chris in the moment even more. <laughs> yeah, like it's not good. Like if I went back and listened to it, I'd be I like, that's oh, bad. "What were we thinking?" But like for now because we're just being jackasses, it's like <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. So so every time listen, listener, listen. Every time you hear a joke, there was about ten minutes that Chris there, had to cut out. Yeah. that you would have been like gouging your eyes and out. Every, if you had to listen every to time him. you hear Chris like yelling or sighing in disgust, <laughs> that's real. <laughs> that's not. That's not him like putting something on for the show. That's yeah. true pain that you're hearing. So just think about that. <laughs> that's me going. What? 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 Why are my parents proud of me like, for doing this Chris, crap? Like Chris groans and. You might say, why did he groan? They only made that funny joke. But, like, Chris cut out the part <laughs> that caused the groan. <laughs> so you only heard the good part that was necessary to listen to, and then Chris groaning. <laughs> and so, due to movie magic... Yeah, that's due, to podca- <laughs> due, due to podcraftery. <laughs> that's Disney magic. Yep. Oh. That's ILM stuff. I'll tell right you guys there. about the time that I saw... Uh, we had a friend of our family who knew someone that played Chip in Beauty and the Beast on Broadway. Wow. So we okay. went, we got to go backstage, and this is a backstage tour of anything Disney-related. You get to see the stuff, like we would see the the thing that, that he, he like, the Chip is in this, like, little cabinet, and it's, like, mirrors or something or something. They do something weird to get it so that you only see his head, and it's just him, like, the little teacup. And I distinctly remember as a kid, like asking this other kid about my age, being like, wow, that's awesome. How does it work? He was like, well, Disney magic. And I remember even then being like, you are so full of shit. I want to hit you right now, but I can't because then I would be thrown out of this wonderful experience. All right, up next, our shotgun review. Boomstick! Got another boomstick! The remix. This week's shotgun review is The Hunt. The Hunted? Oh, yeah, I better get that up. Better get that up. The Hunt. Oh, for Red October. No, just The Hunt. Oh. 2012? Yep. This is that ketchup movie, huh? Oh, boy. I wish. A teacher lives a lonely life, all the while struggling over his son's custody. His life slowly gets better as he finds love and receives good news from his son. But his new luck is about to be brutally shattered by an innocent little lie. Uh, Never had my luck brutally uh, shattered. This movie movie is a... uh, (laughs) Everything's going great. Everyone's dead. No, that's that's pretty accurate. This Uh, movie is a uh, film from Denmark starring... That explains a lot. (laughs) (laughs) That explains a lot. I cannot... I'll be good luck. I can pronounce the guy's first name. Mads. Mads. Mickelson. 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 You would know him from uh, such films as uh, using Casino Royale, uh, King Arthur, um, Valhalla Rising. Yeah. Um, yes. This yes. movie yes. Yes. Uh, was recommended uh, by Michael, and I hate him for recommending it. Um, Did he recommend it because he thought it was good? It, and it is. It's a brilliant movie. Okay. It's fantastically made. It's wonderfully shot, beautifully acted. Everything about this movie is great, and I hate the fact that I watched it because it is horribly depressing. Uh, um, sounds like a Danish uh, film. Yeah. I watch. I watched this film after, like, right after I saw Noah. What? And I because I didn't know what it was about. Decision. I had no idea what it was about. It was a poor I went into it. Pamela, knowing I got home nothing. and Pamela wanted to know if I wanted to watch uh, Brave, and you were like, and I, I hadn't can't. seen Brave yet, and I was like. I, I can't because it's an unknown quanti- quantity. Right. Like, it might be, it might have an up scene in it, like a scene from up, and I'll just be shattered. Like, I'm already on a precipice because Noah really, like, 
made me unsettled in certain ways that I was like not willing to just go, oh, I'll just trounce into another movie. And then you watch. I watched this and it's so. <laughs> all right. This. Oh, God. This movie is so depressing. It's so very. And it even ends on like you. Even at the end, you're like, hey, things are looking up. Nope. Never the fuck mind. Credits. <laughs> Damn it. It's so very sad. Um, and 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 I I don't want to go into spoilers into exactly what the the innocent little lie is, but dear God, um, this is this is a movie. I I I have a, a list of films uh, that fall into this range of like, you need to see this film. It's amazing. It's really good. It earned every um award that it that it got. Uh, and you'll never want to watch it again. <laughs> cool. So, Maybe there you I go. I just won't watch it. <laughs> it's, oh God, it's so dark. So, there you go. It's on Netflix, Instant Play. It is very much worth watching. It is, like I said, it's fantastic, but holy shit. So, all right, well, moving on to our feature presentation. We saw Dr. Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. An insane general triggers a path to nuclear holocaust that a war room full of politicians and generals frantically try to stop. This movie stars Peter Sellers, George C. <laughs> Scott, Sterling Hanning, Peter, Peter Sellers, Peter Sellers, <laughs> Peter Sellers uh, and Slim Pickens. And uh, Slim uh, in, Pickens. in his uh, first film, James Earl Jones. Yeah. A very, very young James Earl Jones. Almost unbelievably This movie was directed by Stanley Kubrick, and it came out in 1964. Uh, So, suffice it to say, this is a favorite of all of us. Am I correct in saying that? Uh, When when I recommended it, I think we all were like, hell yeah. Yep. It's my favorite Kubrick movie. Um, Probably even more so than 2001. I, I, I'm I'm down with that for me. Yeah. Um, not my favorite Kubrick film, but I can understand why someone would say that because it is incredibly good. Like I I think it's my favorite because, like, it's there's nothing in it that I'm like. Well, that's kind of weird. Or that's yeah, kind this of is a like big this is a much. big departure from his normal repertoire, and I think this was pretty early in his career as well. Uh, for those who don't know, this is a comedy. A black, um, a very dark. This comedy. is this is like what, like what, and the the example when they talk about black comedy. Yes, like when yep. you're like when you discuss that concept. Like, what's the black comedy? Right. This this <laughs> this is the perfect example of a black comedy. Um, because first off, the premise is <laughs> a nuclear holocaust. Yes, and to and put people things in trying context, to stop it. And to put things in context, this. Film was released where right. all of this was very plausible. Yeah. Yep. The Cold War Could definitely happened. The Cold War was was very much yeah. in effect. Yeah, I mean, they, they, like I, I always have a tough time like like judging movies, like taking that into account. Like I'm a, a not a fan of Citizen Kane, even though it did amazing things for film. Right, I just am like I don't enjoy it as a movie. So I understand that it did amazing things and it did things way ahead of time, but right. I still just can't get on board with it. Whereas this, like I, I, it, this is one of those rare cases where I take that into account just because it's like I can't imagine a black comedy coming out like a couple years after nine eleven. And being about like 9/11. just a joke, or about like terrorism, right? right. The being just thing- like silly joke, and being as successful. Like, right. there's been some movies that have done that. Four but, lines, right, four, four lines, lions. Yeah. But and that and again, even four lions though. Like you, you're, you're again, we're talking about like how jokingly saying ten years ago, whatever that movie came out like. You know, years after nine eleven, yes. right? Well, like after many right. years. Well after like time. whereas, like Doctor Strangelove, like people were still doing drills mm-hmm. in the schools. Yep. Where you were building shelters, the, right? Like yeah. where you get under the thing and you have bomb like drills and you go through all that stuff and it was like on the forefront of everybody's yeah. mind. You still had like towns like Ephrata, the town we 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 live in, has a. Uh, nuclear right. yep. fallout nuclear shelter from this time period. Yep. You, <laughs> you still see those signs hanging around from this time yeah. in, in our So country. this was very much on the minds of Americans, <laughs> and it wasn't funny. 
<laughs> and somehow this movie makes it funny. Yeah. And, and I say somehow, it's it's purely the performances oh, that yeah. Kubrick gets from mm-hmm. Peter Sellers and George C. Scott and Slim Pickens. <laughs> Those three guys yep. make this film. Now, um, like, I'm sure you know, Chris, like, but I found this out, like, soon after watching it, that Slim Pickens of those did not, was not aware of the, what the, the, the final tone of this film was supposed to no be. He had no clue. He had no, no idea. idea that this was supposed to be, like, uh, like a, a black comedy. Like, right. And so he's playing that role, like, as straight as he could. Could, yeah. Or as straight as he should, because in his mind... He's playing this character for a real serious movie. And, right. and, and this is something <laughs> Which I didn't... makes his role that much more ridiculous. This is something I didn't realize until Matt pointed out. Me and Matt watched this together. Um, I didn't realize that Peter Sellers played three characters in this film. Oh, really? I thought Peter Sellers only played the uh, captain, the, the, right. the, the, right. the Air Force guy. I didn't realize he also played the president yep. and Dr. Strangelove. Yep. I didn't realize that. <laughs> Um, and he was slotted to play Major King Kong, Slim Pickens' character. Wow. And he... he ha, now, how did you put it? He purposefully... I, I'm pr- pulling it up on Wikipedia. So, I'll just read the section. Sure. Sellers ended up playing three of the four roles written for him. He had been expected to play Air Force Major T.J. King Kong, Slim Pickens' <laughs> character, uh, the B-52 Stratoforce aircraft commander. But from the beginning, Sellers was reluctant. He felt his workload was too heavy, and he worried he would not properly portray the character's Texan accent. Kubrick pleaded with him and asked screenwriter Terry Southern to record a tape of Kong's lines, spoken in the correct accent using Southern tape. Blah, 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 blah. Sellers managed to get the accent, but then Sellers sprained an ankle and could not work in the cramped cockpit set. Now, according now, and, and, and this could be apocryphal, but... He, according to to legend, he purposefully. Yeah, I, I've definitely heard that he purposefully did it because he didn't. <laughs> he, he didn't, didn't want to do it. it. He's like, and, so, like, much. and like, if we know anything about Kubrick, we know that that's kind of what he was like. Like that was his only option. No, right. Kubrick, yeah, Kubrick, Kubrick will was get what he wants. He right. was insane. Yeah, he, he would drive actors and actresses yep. literally nuts. Yep. Um, I think about the the. <laughs> The story I read about uh, the the crew or uh, the the set of The Shining, wow, with Shelley Duvall. There's a great do- documentary on Netflix called Room Two, yeah, two mm-hmm. whatever, yeah, seven, whatever, two three seven, yeah. And and it's like you're like what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the you are um, insane. The 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 level of like shots that he would do, like he would. Li- Shelley Duvall had a breakdown on the set, <laughs> and he was like, just use it. <laughs> Like, so yeah, he he was gonna get exactly what he wanted. So Peter Sellers, the only way to get out of it was to hurt himself. <laughs> um, this this movie is just just there's so many lines that are quotable. There's so much in this yep. that is so funny, and I think it's great because I the first time I saw this, I didn't get it because I was too young. Yeah, and you made. One of the best things you said when we, Chris and I managed to watch this together, um, one of the best things Chris said is that if you watch, what makes this a black comedy and makes this a comedy that is so different from regular comedy is that if you watch this as a child, that you don't really have a full appreciation of the context, it is the most boring like just a, just a war it's just a war movie mm-hmm. um, it's just a boring political war movie yeah, yep. yeah it's true that's all it is similarly if you watch it without the sound on right it is for the most part there's a little bit of slapstick here and there a little bit uh, but uh, mostly with Dr. Strangelove yeah but yeah, mostly physical comedy mostly it. it's it's very straightforward it's technical mm-hmm. um, yeah. it, everything you know uh, everything that they're doing on the B fifty two is clearly very well researched. Yep. They clearly researched like the DEFCON and mm-hmm. all the different yep. things, the scenarios that can go into nuclear war. Mm-hmm. And I imagine a lot of that is from the book. Yeah, um, yeah. This book, or th- this is based off a book that is not a comedy. Right, right. Um, and originally, when they were first, when Kubrick was first starting to make this, he wasn't going to. Se- he didn't set out to make a comedy. Right. He set out to make a serious film, and and. And some way into the process, like fairly early on, he realized like that that was the route he needed to go, and then he went that route, which is like 
amazing that like not only did he do it, but that he like got away with that because right. like that means that like when people like when studios signed off on the film that they were signing off on like a serious look at like you know like the cold like this this culmination of the Cold War and. <laughs> And he's like, instead, I'm going to make it a joke. Here's a, here's a good quote um, from Wikipedia. Uh, in following the tone of the book, Kubrick initially atten- intended the film to be a serious drama. Right. But as he later explained during interviews, he began to see comedy in the inherent idea of mutual <laughs> assured nuclear destruction. As he wrote in his first... This is fucking... This is so Stanley Kubrick. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, in his quote of the first draft, Kubrick said... My idea of doing it as a nightmare comedy came in the early weeks of working on the screenplay. I found that in trying to put meat on the bones and to imagine the scenes fully, one had to keep leaving out things which were either absurd or paradoxical in order to keep it from being funny. And these things seem to be close to the heart of the scenes in question. <laughs> it's true. Which is true. It's absolutely it's so true. true. Absolutely. I yeah. mean, how can you honestly, like, really discuss this kind of stuff without just being it's like funny? Without just being like blown away by the absurdity of it. Like, it's yeah. funny. <laughs> like, it's just these two countries that like can just blow. That can just destroy right. everything at the click of a button. <laughs> And, and, and yeah. that's all it takes. And that's all it takes. And that's hilarious. Oh, that's because so the good. root of comedy is like, this is something so terrible. Right. And I don't know how to react to it, so I'm going to laugh. Yep. So, all, I mean, all it took to make this a comedy was, <laughs> all right, we're going to make George C. Scott's character just super intense. Yes. Just incredibly George, intense. George C. Scott, not known as a comedic actor. No, not at all. No. And he, His oh, other it. famous roles are not comedic. No. No. Um, and he he pulls it off so. Oh well. my gosh, he is probably my favorite character in yeah, the movie. He just definitely. gets so so excited. One of the things I love, just one one of the tiny little uh, things that make me laugh the time and time again that I watch this film, is the amount of chewing gum he jams yes. into his face. <laughs> He's constantly, you never see him spit gum out, but he is constantly putting new sticks in. Every yeah. scene, he's just jamming sticks of gum into his crawl. <laughs> and president. I, I could not stop laughing at that. I mean, he's like the perfect cast because he's like, I mean, like his, his like Patton is like one of like. It's perfect. It's yeah. such an amazing role because you're like, like, you just are like, I feel like that is like 100% what must have yeah. been like like that just you just captured him perfectly when you've like read like you know speeches that Patton has done right. or like heard like speeches like that they've recorded a lot of that, yeah a lot of that and dialogue it's just like, is straight from it's him it's just like yeah. and like that and that and that stuff that he's saying like it's not like this is before the age of like teleprompters like that like he was just getting up there to like get the troops excited and just like what and so like George C. Scott like captures him perfectly and then just segues it into this film where you're just like <laughs> he's just yeah. the perfect like you know ultra whatever. Actually, like, reminds Patton me was very... six years later. Oh, was it okay? Yeah, but still like the idea. So then, like, vice versa, you segue this like into that. Yeah, but... that's crazy to think about. <laughs> yeah, but, like the, clearly those two roles are pretty similar in many right. ways. Um, but it's crazy to think that this came <laughs> first. Yeah. Like, and, and he this does is like the parody of, of the, Patton. Yeah, the character is like what is like very, um, like similar to like uh, Brad Pitt's character in like Inglorious Bastards. Yes, like just that yes. ultra American who like you're just like that is. We're like, what's the best policy? Right. <laughs> Blow up our enemies. <laughs> we'll sort it out later. <laughs> like that attitude, especially like you know, during and just after World War II is just, like, that's so, like, American military like, that, like, it's like, sort of endearing in a way because you're like, this is why, like, we, uh, like, survived and yeah. became, like... Because there were guys like this that <laughs> yes. were willing to one be of, like, let's blow them all up. One, <laughs> of my favorite, one of my favorite quotes from him is when the, the president goes, like, I'm not going to go down as one of the great mass murders in history. He says, Mr. President, I think at this point we need to worry more about the American people than your public image. <laughs> Mr. President. So, but no, the one, just, one of the one like, of the reasons how he always tries to like endear himself. Yes. Like, now, now, Mr. President. And the whole time he's getting calls from his mistress. Yeah. Like, oh, in the so war. Great. So what? Baby, like, I'm in. I'm in the war. Room. You don't never call me. You, the president you, you, needs you know, me. You know I love you. And someday I'm gonna make you Mrs. I respect you as a buck tent. <laughs> I respect Mrs. you as a human being. I respect you as a human being. <laughs> um. 
No, the 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 whole reason I, I I thought about that whole thing about like if you're a kid you're not going to get this is um, yeah. somethingawful.com would do their Photoshop Fridays uh, contests, and the yeah. one contest was um, film film titles through the eyes of children, and Doctor Strangelove was, um, I don't get it. Or why are all these adults laughing? This isn't funny. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's it's hard to imagine that somebody like you're saying like that's a great point that Chris is bringing up because like how many comedies can you honestly say exist where as a as a somebody who's not in on the joke you just you still don't realize that it's supposed to be funny, right? Like I mean, usually it's like you might just be like I don't get it or like whatever, but. You can tell it's supposed to be a comedy. You just might not get it because you're too young. Like some of the jokes, right? Like, like as a as a ridiculous off the wall example. Like if watching something when I was way young, like you know, Police Academy or like uh, Ape Airplane. Like right. I didn't get a lot of the Airplane, jokes. Airplane's that, a great example. Like of my that. parents were dying, and I was like. And then there, but then there were some moments where I'd be like, "Okay, I get this. I, I get that this right. is supposed to be funny." But the entire time, I knew it was supposed to be funny. Right. I just wasn't like aware of the jokes. Like, and so I would laugh just to pretend. And my, you know, I'm sure my parents were like, "You don't get this." Right. But like, this is a movie that I would not have. You wouldn't realized. even know where to <laughs> pretend to laugh. Right. It's like, ha ha ha. No. Okay. Yeah. Like when I first again when 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 I went through my I must watch all classic movie phase. Yeah. When I was a teenager. I, I rented this and I thought like at that point I had, I had, I had, I was starting to really love film so mm-hmm. like I and and I've always been a big history buff so like I was just on the cusp yeah. of understanding but I still wasn't over it yet so I was like okay I kind of get it but I'm really lost and then years later I rewatched and I'm like this is genius yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean like, I think, this is amazing I think when I first watched this I was probably Somewhat around that age, teen something, mm-hmm. um, and I d- I loved like I loved that the first time I watched it, but there were definitely parts where I was like, "This is this is odd that this is like funny," <laughs> like like the part where, uh, um, the soldiers are marching in on their own base to kill <laughs> their own like right fellow yeah. soldiers. Is like grim. Oh yeah, it's incredibly. It's grim. very grim to think about that yeah. they're coming in and they're killing each other just because like this guy go- has gone crazy, and then like shortly after that, the you know uh, Jack the general Jack Ripper goes into that little monologue about how like you know I'm I'm assured that when I go to heaven. I'll be, you know, atoned. You know, I'll, I'll, I'm not going to be ashamed for what. That's really grim. There aren't. That's a person describing a horrible thing that they've done and thinking that they are going to be vindicated in the afterlife and then shooting themselves. That's the thing. This film is so is done so well (laughs) that when the when the general kills himself, I laugh. It's funny. (laughs) It is funny. funny. It's It's funny. Just like oh oh. Oh, <laughs> especially especially by the Peter Sellers Peter reaction. Uh, what like, what makes you say that, Jack, little boy? Boom! <laughs> oh, oh. His, his, <laughs> Peter Sellers is so like that character of uh, uh, the Mandrake. Captain Mandrake yeah. is so <laughs> hyper British. I know. Like at the so very beginning, at the very beginning, when he goes, know, uh, we're, we see, we see I him sit down for a little bit. But no, my, my favorite part is when the uh, the the colonel calls him out and says, "We're in a shooting war with the Russians." Oh shit! <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah. Oh shit! <laughs> Which is like, I mean, that like, I mean, this. I, I, this is, that's like 100% like a Monty Python sketch. Yeah. Like you could just hear like Graham Chapman, Chapman. being yep, like, yep. oh shit. He kind of almost, he's, he's almost done up <laughs> to look like a Jam, uh, Graham Chapman <laughs> character. Uh, speaking of that part of the film too, one of the things that I feel like only Kubrick would do in this kind of a movie is just how positively eerie the shots of of General Ripper are when he's talking oh, yeah. about his theories. It's this yeah. bottom like uh-huh. it's like a downward angle looking up at his face. He's sweaty, just like mm-hmm. so like in tune with his insane theories like face. Yep. And it's so like it's the way it's shot is so uncomfortable. Yeah, the this is an 
excellent. I'm trying. I'm, I'm actually looking up to see who the official director of photography was, even though we all know Kubrick probably took over. Probably. Um, <laughs> He's like, I'd like it this way. Nope. Too bad. <laughs> um, I don't. Rec- Gilbert Taylor. I don't recognize this individual. Oh, yeah, oh my God! He did the he did the cinematography for Star Wars. A new hope. <laughs> oh, what a what a okay! I what a flash know. in the pan that guy was. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, this this movie is an excellent example. Like, if if you've ever talked to me and you're like, "Why does he go off about cinematography? Who cares?" Watch this film. Mm-hmm. This is an excellent example of amazing cinematography. Yep. Because you're right, it jumps from completely different styles depending on what character mm-hmm. yep. they're they're paying attention to. That's like the cinematography and directing photography and stuff is something that you don't notice it until it's missing. Right, like you might yeah. not unless you're like unless you're like studying film and you're really trying to look for it. Like the average moviegoer only like notice it when it's missing, and then their response is like, "The movie was boring." Yeah, or like uh, I just the movie didn't, didn't like, look right. Yeah, like uh, it just, yeah. I didn't feel like it, I got anything out of it. Like yeah. like that's the difference. Like that's what makes a film a film because you're like you're just like watching it and it's just happening and you're like wow and you're like all this story is being told in just. Angles and shots yeah. and crane yeah. shots. If, 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 if the cinematographer that. is really doing his job right, you don't notice. Exactly, and that's the whole point. Yep. <laughs> you're not you're not going to notice. Yeah, it's like, it's like Futurama with God. <laughs> when it's, <laughs> yeah. when it's done right, you don't even notice it. <laughs> um, God, and of course, I just I absolutely love. I'm I'm going back to Slim Pickens' character because <laughs> yeah, he, he has some so of the good. funniest quotes. Like I when I realized that like. After watching this, and then I read up and found out that he was playing that straight, it made the role so amazing because I'm like, he read those lines and he's delivering them like completely as serious deadpan. as possible. I, lo- I love when they're going through the list of their survival gear, and at the end he goes, "Well, shoot, a fella could have a pretty good time with this in a weekend in Vegas." <laughs> Because they have like a hundred dollars in gold and <laughs> condoms and nylon stocking, all this stuff. And he's like, "Well, dude, shoot. I love his monologue. Yes. I, I actually have it pulled up here before they actually like they get the the code and they get the mission and they realize that they're gonna have to right, right. It's like, well, boys, I reckon this is it. <laughs> Nuclear combat, toe to toe with the Ruskies. Now look, boys, I ain't much of a hand at making speeches." But I got a pretty fair idea that something doggone important is going on back there. <laughs> and I got a fair idea that the kind of personal emotions that some of you fellas may be thinking. Heck, I reckon you wouldn't even be human beings if you didn't have some pretty strong personal feelings about <laughs> nuclear combat. <laughs> I want you to remember one thing. The folks back home is accounting on you. And by <laughs> golly, we ain't about to let them down. <laughs> I'll tell you something else. If this if this thing turns out to be half as important as I figure it just might be, I'd say you're all in line for some important promotions and personal citations when this thing's over with. And that goes for every last one of you, regardless of race, color, or your creed. Now let's get this thing on the hump. We got some flying to do. My favorite quote from him. My, one of my favorite lines when he says... Well, I've been to a world fair, a picnic, and a rodeo, and that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard come over the set of your phones. Oh my god! It's this movie is is like it's 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 quintessential yeah. for you to for every, like you need to see this film. Yep. Um, it's just so it's so damn good. Agree. So. Agree. Definitely. One um. more part. One more specific like aspect of the movie yep. that I absolutely love and will always stick with me is the president's interactions with the uh, <laughs> yeah with the, the Russian oh, prim- prime minister yeah with uh, the Russian prime minister uh, when he like the the idea that that Peter Sellers is like re- is doing this and he's on a phone and he's Im- and he's thing, improv he's yes, he improv all of his scenes right I yeah. mean it, it it's just like exactly like it's just like the best improv like I mean I love uh like Bob uh, Newhart improv like right. where he does like these like one-sided conversations back in the day like on his records and stuff and this is just like exactly 
the that perfect kind of comedy yep. because he's just sitting there with a dead line on his ear and he's just just doing one uh, side D- of a Dimitri. Com- <laughs> now don't don't, don't be, be mad, mad, Dimitri. No one needs to be upset. <laughs> well, I know you're upset, Dimitri. I'm upset too. Now, it's not fair to say that you're more upset than I am. <laughs> I, like, I can, like, can you imagine how difficult? Can you imagine how difficult it would be to be like an extra I on know, that set? I know. And you have to be deadpan the yeah, whole time. Yeah. I mean, and like, Peter is, Sellers is doing that. This is like what what Kubrick's talking about, where he's like, he's writing this script up, and it's like, like obviously, if you have a film about this, you're going to have to have a scene where the president talks with the Russian like president or something prime and they minister. you prime yeah. minister you have to have that scene happen like there's just no way to be go around it and it's like how do you write that scene unless you're just ridiculous because yeah, like exactly. how does two human beings talk about like the, the death of everybody on earth <laughs> like it's just like all because now, of a mistake. Now, now you always <laughs> knew that we we would sometimes have a talk about the bomb. The bomb, Dimitri. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing is the, the, the Russian prime minister is drunk. Yeah, yeah, he calls him when he's drunk. I think he's drunk. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Yeah, uh, again, oh, I just I love this movie so much. Yep. So, all right, well, uh, let's, uh, let's, slap, let's slap a rating on this uh, sucker, Matt, won't you? Won't you take care of that for me. I'm going to give this... I'm going to give this... Come back to me. All right, Parker. I think of something fitting. Parker, you got got anything for me? I'm going to give this movie three out of three characters portrayed by Peter Sellers. Nice, nice. Or three out of the potential four. <laughs> uh, I'm I, I'm going to give this uh, ten out of ten pieces of gum that George ah, jams nice. into his face. Nice. Can I ask what your other one was? The one you said. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, I got it. Really? I knew I'd get one. Oh, yeah, nice. I was, I was going to go either the gum or three out of three characters of Peter Sellers plays. I'm going to give this one out of one uh, soda machines that uh, <laughs> you're Colonel, not going to answer to me. That, that you're going to answer yeah, to the Coca-Cola I'm going to give this one out of one soda machines <laughs> that Colonel Mandrake will have to answer to to the Coca-Cola Corporation. <laughs> All because he needs enough money to make a paid phone call oh to the White gosh, House. Gosh, that's so because they won't amazing. put him. The, the White House won't accept a collect. I love call. that. <laughs> I love that big character too. He's like such an asshole to him yeah, the whole time. Yeah, oh, I love it. He's like, I don't know why I'm. Do you think I carry change into battle, son? <laughs> oh, it's so good. So, yeah. If we haven't convinced you already, you just go see this movie. It's Watch great. it. What's wrong? It's on, with it's on you? Netflix. What are you doing? Yep. It's perfectly free as long as you're paying that seven something a month. That yeah. you, uh, you can borrow it. If you know me, you can <laughs> borrow my copy. Yep. So that about wraps it up here for us on Enter the Critic. Uh, as always, want to remind everybody to go to our Facebook page, uh, like and uh, review us on uh, iTunes, all that stuff. If you have a suggestion, and it is a suggestion, not a command, <laughs> for a shotgun <laughs> review... Uh, that is the place to do it. Please put it up on the uh, Facebook page, and I will put it on a list, and we'll get to it as soon as we can. Uh, as always, I want to state that if it's on Netflix, I'll get to it a lot faster. <laughs> so, um, uh, I also want to thank uh, Bobby Roberts for the use of our theme song Dang off it, the Bobby. Geek Remix albums. You can get that on geekremix.com. So, Bobby Roberts. Uh, <laughs> it was a man. <laughs> Wonderful man. No, keep going. I got this. Smooth. Uh, All right. Well, uh, Bobby. (laughs) Oh, Bobby. (laughs) Until next time. It's one forty-two in the morning, Bobby. What the fuck am I still doing? Thinking about you, Bobby. We all have to get up super. At least I gotta be. I gotta be up at seven. So that's the earliest. (laughs) All right. Well, until next time, I'm Chris Club. I'm Matt Schaefer. I'm part. <laughs> I'll see you next time, boy.